So that's when I hired a business coach and applied every, like she told me to do something. I did it. Like I was all in. And that first year we did $430,000 in sales. Um, And we've been able to impact over 4,000 students um, since we started. Rachel Engom is a Pinterest strategist and million dollar business owner. But just a few years ago, her income came exclusively from being a network marketing representative. And I was like the biggest advocate. Oh my gosh. Like I would tell anyone and everyone about this program. I was so obsessed, started drinking Shakeology and I was like a walking billboard for the products. In this episode, Rachel walks us through her thought process as she went from network marketing into building a successful business while country hopping between France, the US and Senegal with her husband and two young kids. By all standards, she's proof of what the online coaching industry can give to those who don't give up. My name is Ina, and I'm a global online presence expert, and Rachel was my very first business coach. We'll tell you that story too. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're sitting in the car in your driveway having some me time, head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's our interview with an undeniable self-starter success story, Rachel Angle. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovany, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hello, everybody. Today, I have a special treat for you guys, and it is my very first business coach, Rachel Engom, Pinterest strategist, guru of all things Pinterest and blogging. And Rachel, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my God. I have been talking to everybody about my first experience with my coach and how I got so much done in those six months that I never would have done before. Um, so I want to, let's, let's just like clear the air. I've told everybody all the wonderful things that I think about you already. Can you tell everybody what it was like to work with me? Oh my gosh. You like, you're so fun and a worker, like a doer. And so you're so coachable. And so I, I remember telling my mom, I was like, I get to talk to Ina um, and coach her. Like you're just a gift and you were a privilege to work with. And it's been so fun to see how you've just taken massive action and to see where you are today. So I love you. Thank you, Rachel. I love you too. And I I can't wait to tell everybody your story because I haven't had anybody on the podcast yet who started out in MLMs. Mm -hmm. So I, first of all, who are you and what do you do? Let's start there. Introduce yourself. I'm Rachel and Gome. I help purpose-driven entrepreneurs get more leads and sales with Pinterest, blogging, online courses. Um, that's who I am, what I do. I also have two children and I've been married for 10 years. And Yay. one of the kids is right there. She's six months old in a stroller. So she's going to stay quiet and she's going to be a perfect angel. Um, she's she's going to get used to this. Just like oh yeah, being, she being, she's already being a guest on podcasts, on calls. And like, she's like, okay, that's what mom does. Anytime I'm doing a podcast now, my son runs and he's like, can I say hi? And then he like wants to do a little (laughs) intro too when I'm doing one. And I'm like, sure, bud. (laughs) Sure. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like my my nine-year-old every time he sees me, but if I'm in like a client call or if I'm being coached or like I'm in a Zoom, I see him looming, like like lurking next to me outside of the camera view, but I can see him in my periphery. Totally. I'm I'm like, 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 you're making me nervous. (laughs) Like, like go like that way. Like you can't. 
can't just lurk next to me, like hover. Um, But yeah, kids are cute. Let's just say that out loud. Um, And I, people can't see this over the podcast, but I think uh, people need to know this, that they need to go out and check your Instagram uh, because they need to see a picture of your family. You have a multiracial family Mm -hmm. and it's just like it makes me cry just looking at it because it's just so beautiful um, just to see like this the gamut of colors just in your nuclear family. Can you tell us a little bit, if it's not too controversial, uh, what has it been like, you know, in this year, in 2020, the years of the year of Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how your family is doing. Um, how did that affect your family, if anything at all, if you're comfortable sharing? Oh, totally. I've done podcasts on it um, and emails. My husband's fine. Um, I mean, he's been apparently used to being treated differently (laughs) because of his skin color and just, he's so used to it that he never even like brought it up Mm -hmm. until I asked him when this is all going on. And he shared his experience of walking around our neighborhood and greeting people and they ignore him. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just made me more aware of Mm -hmm. what's happening. I cried a lot to be totally honest. And it made me just realize America is still so broken and there's so much to be done. Um, and it makes me look at my babies and just like my heart aches to think of how like they could be treated differently for who they are. Like they're incredible people and they can't control the color of their skin, you know, like, so it's, it's been a challenge. I'm excited for us to actually be moving to Senegal next year. Um, (gasps) And kind of get out of, I feel like America's become toxic, like with so much crap going on. Bless you, baby. Um, That's going to be an amazing adventure. Because when you and I started working together, this was like two and a half years ago, you had just moved to France and you Uh were there for a little bit. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like you guys are citizens of the world. Yep, pretty much. We're in between the three continents. We're like, where should we end up? I don't know. We'll see what God has in store. That is crazy. But um, yeah, with Black Lives Matter, you know, I, you know, I'm from Venezuela, but unless I open my mouth, people just think I'm American. I just look mm-hmm. Caucasian. It's just I don't, I don't look any different than anybody else. Yep. Uh, and so my kids just look Caucasian. They look like little gringuitos. Um, and it was at first when Black Lives Matter started. I thought to myself, well, I want to shield him from this because if I if I don't show him the ugliness in the world, he'll grow up thinking that it doesn't exist and he'll be a better citizen for it. And then Black Lives Matter just like slapped me right back into place. Like, no, like the the fact that like parents like me have been thinking about that for so long has created people who are not aware that this is a thing, that this exists, that this happens. So that's how you end up with half of the country saying, this is not even a problem. All lives matter, right? I and I'm like, once I realized that, I'm like, okay. It's time so to hard. It's so hard. It, it's been so hard when I would do like a post on Facebook and my own family is very conservative Christian. Right. Not like, not that there's anything wrong with conservative Christians because I'm a Christian and I want I don't even want to talk politics, but Mm. for them to comment, like all lives matter. I'm like, you you need to just do a little research and understand someone else's perspective before you like 
make that comment. Um, and I remember I was, I was so upset and I was crying and I was writing an email to my list to go out about black lives matter. And my husband was like, wait, like, this is not your place. Like you do not need to get involved in this. And I was like, yes, I do. Like I have a platform I'm able to reach. We've like hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. with my voice. And the worst thing that I can do when this is happening is to be quiet and to stay silent. So I've just been trying my best to use my platform to bring more awareness and bring a diversity of voices, but it's definitely not been easy. No, no, I bet. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. I, I just think it's so important in this climate to know these things, to educate our kids, to make sure we're creating a new batch of great citizens yep. rather than a new batch of unaware people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hard realization to make, but um, anyway, so Rachel Engom, You were my first coach and I want everybody to know how I found you because it's a real testament to how amazing you are at what you do, the way that I found you. So I'm just going to really briefly tell a very quick story. Um, I was on maternity leave and I was planning on going back to work. I don't even know if you remember like all the details of this, but um, I was planning on going back to work in January. It's like December or November. And I am in bed on a Saturday morning, 9 a.m. and I'm browsing like my newsfeed, like I have an Android. So if I swipe left, I see a newsfeed. And in the newsfeed, I see an ad, uh, which is, you know, really friendly girl holding a mug, smiling at me. And it says, here's a free entrepreneur, entrepreneur's vault resources for girl bosses. And I'm like, I'm a girl boss. That sounds like it's exactly for me. I'm going to sign up because like, you know, uh, and I sign up. I'm gonna say, Rachel, actually, never even opened the vault. This That's is what, so funny. <laughs> this is what happened next. I signed up. I'm like, yeah, I mean, literally in bed, punching my email on my phone. Um, sign up. Thank you page shows up. It's a video of you, which actually never opened. It, it like it it played without sound, so I never even saw it. But it said, "Do you want to create killer content?" click here for $17. And I don't know how much it is now. This was like two and a half years ago, but I'm like, my business can afford $17. And I do want to create killer content. Sure, Rachel, let me sign up for that too. I sign up for create killer content, which by the way, I did take, and it was incredible. So much value on those $17 that it was. But after I signed up for creating killer content, I stopped because I had been studying online marketing for three years, right? And I I stopped myself. I'm like, whoa, this woman just got me from having no idea who she was to buying from her, like giving her my credit card in five minutes, that's what it took. So I ha- I had to know what you did. And at this point, I'm going to confess, I had been studying online marketing, but I still had not run into the coaching industry because I was following people who don't do coaching, who just teach courses or things like that. So I sent you an email. I just replied. I'm like, whoa, how did you do that? How do you have to tell me how you did that? And you're like, let's get on a call. And I'm like, sure, that is so nice. So we got on a call. You listened to me. We talked and you told me at the end, it's like, by the way, did you know that helping people do this, like start their businesses online is what I do? I'm like, oh no, tell me more. And you told me more. And uh, that is 
how I found you. It wasn't until two months later, I told you like, I need to think about this. I have never worked with a coach before. I am very smart. I'm very resourceful. I don't need this, right? So I just said, I need time. I'm going back to work. I don't know what the schedule is going to be like with the baby. I'll get back to you. I get, I subsequently, subsequently get majorly screwed over at work and I decide to quit. And I called you two months later in January and I'm like, we're doing this. So I consider February 8th, which is the first day that we started working together, that was the birth of my business. And it's just been everything since then. So what is your first reaction to that? Because you were on the other side. What was your experience of that? I'm just so impressed that you know the exact date of when we started working together. And that's like the birth your birth of your business. It is. That I celebrate it. It's like, oh, that like mm-hmm. touches me so deep inside. You have no idea. Because yeah. um, from my perspective, I'm just doing my thing. Like I'm doing my work and I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm trying to attract my dream client, which obviously I did because it found you. Um, and it's just really like, it's, oh, you're, don't stop it. Stop it. I've already cried today. Don't make me cry again. <laughs> I cried happy like, tears already once. Uh, tears. Happy tears are fine. Sorry, this uh, is emotional for I me. It was the beginning of so much for me. But anyway, tell me what was your, your perspective on your side? What was going on in your business at that time? Um, tell me your side of that story. So I was still pretty new in this business. I'd been doing online marketing for six and a half years at that point through network marketing. And so I started this business August of 2017 mm-hmm. and I was doing blogging, Pinterest, and I was still running my own Facebook ads. So the Facebook ad that you saw, I did that, um, which is funny because I haven't done my own Facebook ads probably since then. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to hear that I was actually created good enough copy and stuff that grabbed your attention and like really stood out to my dream client. So that's cool. Um, And it's also funny to me that you didn't even see the video of creating killer content and uh, you you were just like sold. And to hear your thought process of like, wait a second, what did she just do? (laughs) How did she do that? And it's so funny because a lot of times we get like stuck in our own, like we're so used to what we do that we don't realize our genius and our gifts. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of take it for granted. So it's really awesome to hear just your perspective of going through that whole process. Um, And then what you've been able to create since then. Oh, it's, it's been amazing. you like, it was really the beginning of everything. So let's turn it on you because we all start our lives thinking, well, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get a job, and then I'm going to have a family, and then I'm going to retire, and then I'm just going to move to Boca Raton, Florida. Like, <laughs> we, we all think that we know what our path is going to be at some point, and I am very interested in knowing at which point the, the switch of the entrepreneur flipped and said, I don't have to live that life. And I know you have a, actually a very unique story of even being on food stamps, and I want you to take us back to when you thought you knew what your life was going to be and when everything changed. Hmm. So when I was living in Africa, um, that's when it was after I graduated college and then I was living in Africa before I went to get my master's. And I got my master's in social work from the number one program in the country. And it was when I was getting my master's that I found Beachbody and P90X. Mm-hmm. And I was like the biggest advocate. Oh my gosh. Like I would tell anyone and everyone about this program. I was so obsessed, started drinking Shakeology and I was like a walking billboard for the products. And someone was like, did you know you can actually become like a distributor and become a coach for this? It's like, no. Um, so I did. And, um, 
I ended up being able to make like less than $500 a week. My mom was my first customer. Um, <laughs> she's like, she's incredible. Um, and it was like, in my head, this is what I wanted to do. I was like, I love this. I didn't even want to finish grad school. Cause I like started Beachbody when I was doing grad school. And I was like, do I have to finish like halfway through? And my mom was like, you better finish. Don't even think about not finishing. <laughs> As so every good mom must say, you know, exactly, exactly. So I finished, we moved to Florida and I couldn't find a job with that master's in social work. I'm wondering if like subconsciously I was like trying not to get a job, even though I was putting out applications, but like nothing was working. Everyone wanted me to have paid work experience. And I had so much internship experience living in Africa and creating programs and all this stuff, but it wasn't going to cut it. Um, and it was like, I was, I wasn't making enough through network marketing to like sustain us. My husband just started his business. And it was when we had our son that it was like, things really went downhill. It was like, after we bought our house, we had the mortgage. My husband had the business. We weren't making ends meet. And that's when we were really struggling financially. And it was like, something needs to change. Like I need to do something. And I was trying all these different things to grow my business. And it was when this one program came out called Soho from Sandy Krakowski. And it was like $450 a month for six months, which was like a million dollars a month for mm -hmm. us back then. Like it was so expensive. Um, and I just remember like she was going to teach social media and like Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, I need this. And I had this feeling in my gut, like in my soul that I had to do that program. And I remember going to my husband, just tears of like, I feel like I need to do this. I know it's really expensive. And he was just like, do it. I believe in you. And it was that program. Like I was the best student. I showed up. I did everything they told me to do and more. And that program helped me grow my Facebook and Instagram following to over 70,000 followers combined and go from $20,000 a year to $100,000 a year within two years. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was like, okay, like I get it. And I and knew it was I was... This was still in Beachbody, like your this product was, still in was Beachbody. Beachbody. Yep, yeah. it was all in Beachbody. And that's where I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I could, I don't see, I, I couldn't picture myself getting an actual job at that point. Right. Yeah. And so at this point, you have a family, yep. you have a son, you're like, I am done with social work. Actually, a lot of people think that, you know, when you switch to entrepreneurship, you're starting from scratch, but like, as a social worker, there's certain people skills that you need to have and to hone and that you've been able to turn over into coaching, right? Yeah, for sure. And we also started a nonprofit. And so I'm able to use like all the social work skills and everything for our nonprofit and for future projects that we do in Senegal. So it's not all like wasted. Right. To get use. <laughs> so you're in Beachbody hundred thousand dollars a year that's that's a job that's like a, a well-paying job right <laughs> things are great and then what happened the company completely restructured so they went from dvds to digital and when that happened my income was cut in half and it was like crap <laughs> and i was working harder and harder and harder and my income kept going down and down and down and i was like oh what am I going to do? Cause getting a job is not an option at this point. Like I'd had a taste of what it was like to work for myself. We were living in France, like having that freedom to go and travel and do all these cool things. And I was like, uh, -uh. so that's when I hired a business coach and knew I wanted to do my own thing. And she was a huge financial commitment. It was $2,000 a month mm -hmm. um, to work with her when we were making $4,000 a month with Beachbody. And so 
again, it was, I'm very much invested. I have skin in the game. I need to show up. And I was the best student again and applied every, like she told me to do something. I did it. Like I was all in. And that first year we did $430,000 in sales. Um, and we've been able to impact over 4,000 students um, since we started this business. That is incredible. Can you tell us, I'm, I'm going to just take a little break so you can tell us a little of what your programs actually are like how you are making this money what is it what are your offers let's let's take a little break and talk a little bit about that core offers pin with purpose so we have an online course that teaches people how to use pinterest to get more leads into their business activate is our 12-month group coaching program we're teaching people how to start grow and scale an online business from the ground up so we're teaching online course creation, lead generation, scaling, um, all webinars, like all of that. Um, I also do private coaching, Pinterest management, and then we have like creating killer content, our baby offer, affiliate sales. Um, those are like the core, core things, I would say. There's probably yeah. other stuff. <laughs> I'm forgetting. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to when you and I started working together. This was your the, the first six months of your business. And I want everybody to understand what are the ups and downs that entrepreneurs encounter, right? Um, I think that the, the worst thing that could happen is that we close our podcast and everybody walks away saying like, but things worked out so perfectly for Rachel that, you know, like things are just... Things are just bombing for me all over the place. This must uh -huh. not be for me. So I want to hear about like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to uh -huh. know what were the ups and downs and if there's any stories that that come straight to mind mm -hmm. that you were like, that's not what I expected and how you handled it. Yeah. So let's see. Downs. Um, we had Pin With Purpose going evergreen and it was really good. So we had an evergreen webinar selling that course and decided to live launch it. And when you live launch an evergreen webinar, I did not know, but it like screws everything up. So our live launch numbers were not as good as they normally are. And then our evergreen webinar tanked. Um, and so it took time to like actually get that back up. And tell, me, tell me more about that. So for everybody who's never even heard the term evergreen. So you have a course mm -hmm. at this point, had you had an evergreen process for people to sign up for it, then yep. why, why were you doing a live one? Can you tell us a little bit more about that strategy? I don't know why I decided to do a live one. Cause looking back, I'm like, that was stupid. Um, maybe cash injection, maybe just to do a launch. I should have launched a different program. Um, so yeah, that, that was dumb. <laughs> what was, what is your evergreen process for people to sign up for pin with purpose? Yeah. So you register for a webinar, you attend the webinar and then on the webinar, we sell pin with purpose. Okay. And they get, they find out about that webinar, which is an automated evergreen webinar. They find out through Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could join, like we talk about it on the podcast. We talk about it in a lot of different places where you could opt in through our email nurture sequence, um, but we run Facebook ads directly to it too. Yeah. So you decide, well, I guess I should do a launch. I'm going to launch Pin With Purpose. And launches are not a cakewalk. I mean, there's a lot of emails you have to set up. There's the yeah. ads, there's the everything. Could you tell us what that process was like, what you were expecting and what you ended up getting? So it wasn't as hard as like, 
a first time launch because we'd already done it before and I had a team in place. So it wasn't as much work on my end. The last time we did a live launch of it, we did $50,000. And then when we did this launch again, we did about Mm $50,000, but I was expecting to do more since we'd done it before. And I think our numbers were higher. Like we had more of an audience and everything. And we had so many student testimonials. So I was just expecting it to do more. Yeah. So, okay. You are the Pinterest Guru, and I'm going to tell you right now, because we haven't talked about Pinterest in this podcast, people think that Pinterest is for bored housewives uh-huh. looking for recipes and organization tips. I've been on groups where I have said, hey, I actually get the most of my traffic from my website from Pinterest, and I don't even spend any time on Pinterest. I just have like a little, like an automated thing that I do for Pinterest and that's it. But I spend no time on Pinterest and that's where my traffic is coming from. And I heard somebody in the group that I was in tell me, oh yeah, like especially women. I'm like, no, no, you guys got this all wrong. So I want you to tell me, because you took this, this program that was teaching about social media. I want to know the story of how you honed in on Pinterest. Yeah, so... I was using Facebook and Instagram to get new leads into my network marketing business and it was working so well. And then Zuckerberg changed the logarithm and it just stopped working like it used to. And as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out how can I pivot? How can I pivot? COVID has taught a lot of us that. How can I pivot? And so instead of saying, crap, I'm screwed, I said, all right, what can I do? And so I focused on blog content and putting it on Pinterest. And I didn't have this huge elaborate strategy behind it, but I noticed I was getting more traffic to my website. And I was like, where are these people coming from? Is Facebook working again? And I was like, nope, 34,000 people a month coming from Pinterest. Um, So I was like, I think I should lean into this. Yeah, I think like I should do a little bit more of this and work on it a little bit more. Um, So that's kind of how it started. So it's it's really weird because people think that, Pinterest, you post on Pinterest for people who are on the Pinterest app. And I don't even have the Pinterest app on my phone, (laughs) right? Can you tell us a little bit of the magic of Pinterest? Why Pinterest? It's a search engine, not a social media platform. So when you're using Facebook and Instagram, like you're scrolling, and if you want to use it for business, you have to grab people's attention and stop their scroll. Like they're there to connect with friends and family, right? So with Pinterest, they're there different, like for a different purpose. They're there usually like researching before they do a shopping decision and they're actively searching out something. And so if you can understand search engine optimization and keywords, you can actually show up for what they're searching for. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it really powerful. Also that it works over time. So that fitness business that I haven't touched in three plus years still gets traffic mm-hmm. from Pinterest and still makes sales from that blog from Pinterest, which is crazy. Not to mention that when people search in Google, they see the Pinterest results there. Yes, pins show up on Google Images, which is just crazy. Right? So yeah. it's not just like people who are just browsing in the app. It's like people who are just searching period. So you're like, okay, let's lean into this and see what happens. And just traffic just kept coming. Um, I am actually really interested in knowing more about the evergreen process because um, a lot of people who are listening, like me included, I have spent, I spent an entire year um, coaching people one-on-one. I created my methodology. I created my program. And this year, huge milestone. I finally have my evergreen program that I can sell that anybody can buy at any time. So if I'm the student, right. And I'm like, okay, it's time to create my evergreen funnel. 
And for anybody watching on video, there is TJ. Hi, TJ. He can't hear me because of the headset. You can say, but you have to be on your best behavior, okay? You can say hi. Hello. Hello. (laughs) This is life. No, that's life. It's mom mom entrepreneurship. Exactly. Now that I have my program that I can sell at any time, I could go with Facebook ads and create it there. I could launch this five times live and then try to figure out how to do it evergreen. Like if you were to give anybody advice on like, hey, if you have something to sell, what would you tell them to do to set up that evergreen machine? Because you have done that so well and so masterfully and it just works. I want to know from the expert how you set that up. Yeah. So I would do live webinars like every week, like at least every other week, but ideally every week. And that way you're able to know your numbers and your metrics of what's working, what's not working. How can I improve upon this? And so different numbers that we're looking at is what is your opt-in rate for that landing page? What is your show up rate for that webinar? What percentage of people are buying live on the webinar? What percentage of people are buying after the webinar? What percentage of people are doing pay in fulls versus payment plans? And so there's a lot of things that you want to optimize, which means you need to actually do them live consistently for a while until you're like, all right, I'm happy with these numbers. Like these are as optimized as it's going to be. Then you can make the switch to evergreen. That's one thing that I just keep telling people that for for everybody who makes an evergreen Facebook ads based funnel, mm-hmm. they know their numbers. So it's not like like when I started uh, my very first challenge, I hired a company mm-hmm. to do my Facebook ads. Uh, that was three thousand dollars that I will never see again. I didn't know my numbers. I didn't know Uh my conversion rates. I didn't know what copy worked and what images worked. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit of that optimization process? Anything that people like me that may be like, I'm just going to hire an agency and they're going to take care of it to do it. It's just like wasted money. Can you tell us a little bit more about knowing your numbers? Yeah. So when it comes to hiring an agency, some agencies can be great. So like we're working with Emily Hirsch's agency. They're awesome. And they actually help with like numbers and optimizations, but your typical Facebook ad person, they're not going to do that good of a job. Um, So for us, it was worth it to hire a copywriter, to hire a designer and get really good quality things in place. So that when we did do paid traffic, it was actually going to pay for itself. Right. Right. Um, So that's really important that you're like, it's, it's good quality. And you know that your opt-in page is converting like 50%, right? -hmm. So that's huge because if your opt-in page is converting at 10%, how much more per lead is it actually costing you? Right. So that's huge. Um, We talked about like the nurture sequence, having a great nurture sequence in place, um, having your your show up ratio be at 30% ideally. So let's say you have a hundred people, like a hundred leads for this webinar. You want about 30 people to actually show up live for it. Mm -hmm. And if 30 people aren't showing up live, then we need to look at that nurture sequence and think, what can we do here? Like what changes do we need to make to that nurture sequence or the thank you page or all these places to make sure that that's optimized and people are showing up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. If people aren't paying in full, we need to look at what painful bonus do we have in place? If do we have one and what could we offer? So we're getting higher percentages of painfuls because that's really important. That's something we did. We're doing a webinar for the impact blogging Academy, which we don't offer anymore. Um, we transitioned that into activate, but we are having mostly people did the payment plan. And I was like, man, what's going on? And it, we offered this bonus 14 ways to make a thousand dollars in the next 30 days. And when we offered that pay, that bonus, 
80% of people paid in full. And that I'm like, that's the winner right there. So it's like, you have to just test, test, test and try different things. You can test different price points too, to see like, maybe it'll work better at 397 compared to 347. You just don't know. So those are things you just want to test with marketing. Like it's just a testing game. And that sounds like, that sounds so fun to me, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you one thing. There is so much that I'm doing and I'm, I'm going to tell, I'm going to come clean right now. And I'm going to say, Rachel, you were right. I should have, <laughs> I'm saying it. You were right. Like the first month that we were working together, this was two and a half years ago. You told me, Ina, stop spending your money over there. Start making your money to build a team because yep. you're going to need help and you need to do that right now. You know, when I hired my first actual VA, Rachel, a month ago, Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I am here to say, Rachel, 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 you were right. You, Uh you were 100% right because Mm -hmm. now, um, you know, I have created standard operating procedures for my VA. She's working out beautifully. Great. She has taken so much of my plate that I've kind of become obsessed with like, okay, what else can I give her? What else yep, can I think Exactly. Of, right? That's what you're going to want to do. You're going to look at, all right, how much more time can I save if I get rid of this? Or just like little things. I noticed like after we we're doing our coaching calls for Activate, I was the one that was manually uploading it to like our Google Drive and stuff like that. I was like, I can automate that and get that off my plate and have someone on our team take ownership of that. So you're going to look at everything differently. You're going to be like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. (laughs) And if I had just listened to you the first month, I would probably be like in the stratosphere right now because I wouldn't have had to do everything myself. So I really want everybody to like walk away with this. The just big lesson that I learned that Rachel was trying to cram into my head. And I'm like, no, Rachel, I'm smart. I'm resourceful. I can do it all. I'm superwoman. I don't need any of this. Bull crap, right? I really needed help. I needed help early on and I, I... I'm so glad that I, I finally wised up and did it a month, a, mo- a month ago. Um, but so the way that process has worked for me has been great is I have my Asana uh, project and I have every like single thing that I want that person to do. I have this podcast now where I'm releasing two episodes a week. Nice. So I need the help. I, I don't want to be editing the podcast and publishing it and creating the blog post and creating the Instagram post. And create, like I, I can't. I can't so, believe you're doing all of that. I, I was. I oh had, my gosh. Rachel, I had a hundred episodes in my podcast, Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life, and I did every single thing for it. Wow. And I was, I, I, no wonder, like, so when we're talking here about evergreen and we're talking about um, uh, optimizing and keeping track of things, I'm like, I don't have time for that. Uh-uh. Right. Cause, cause I'm just booked with things that I shouldn't be doing. So totally. I think that's, that's a real big lesson that I want everybody to take and that I'm taking, I'm going mm-hmm. to take this reminder from Rachel that yep. testing is good. So can you tell me, and I, I don't know if there's more to say about this, but if there is, I want to hear it. Um, what is your approach to testing things out? Do you still test or do you do that like on a launch basis? Like what is your, what is your process? Do you have certain times a week that you do it certain times a month, certain times a year? Like when, when do you put all this stuff together? It's not as organized as you are. (laughs) So for, we're doing webinars right now for activate. We're starting on the 28th and we're going to do one every week. And so every week until I'm happy with our numbers is what we're going to do. 
as far as like retesting pin with purpose, we could probably do like a retest of that like every couple of months. Like once it's evergreen, it's like, you don't want to touch it. You don't want to mess with it if it's working well and it's converting. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you could always go back like every six months and just evaluate where are things. And when you do changes, you don't want to change too much. So mm-hmm. just like change one thing and see what happens. And then baby, we got a baby that's nyan. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Where's daddy? (laughs) I love them so much. Uh, Thank you so much for telling me that. And so I I feel like I've... I have so much to take back and do. So everybody who's listening, you guys got to appreciate that this was like a full coaching call from Rachel. Um, And (laughs) anybody um, who wants to learn more about Pinterest, wants to learn more about growing their blog, like you got to go and follow Rachel Ingham right now. And all the links are below. But I have two more questions for you before I let you go. Question number one, I want to know what is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful entrepreneur? Oh, hmm. Making me think, biggest misconception. Maybe that like I'd never have off days or off times because I show up usually as like I'm on it, you know? Um, But I still have... I wouldn't say off days because it's rare that I'm like off for a whole day, mm-hmm. but that I'm never like struggling with my own mindset because I do teach a lot about mindset, but I still go through like this past week, there was so much that happened with a lot of my students. Like so one of them attempted suicide, another <gasps> one, her brother died, another one's going through a divorce. And it was like all these things all at mm-hmm. once. And like being an empathetic person I took on all of it like myself and I was just crying and having anxiety and I was like oh and I've learned so much about mindset stuff that I was like all right I'm going to work out and I'm going to like shift out of it and change my energy and change all of this and I'm working with a coach right a leadership coach right now and he was like what if you just felt your feelings and be okay with it and I was like huh interesting interesting perspective there so I actually let myself just like cry and feel my feelings and like work through it and I'm in a much better spot now Um, but it was definitely a a struggle thank you so much for sharing that with us because I I feel like you know entrepreneurship is such a beautiful it's such a beautiful discipline it's such a great industry uh, but it doesn't mean that it's like okay perfect life from day one it's like Things will happen. You will have to deal with it. And mindset becomes an everyday, uh, an everyday thought for us. Totally, totally. And my last question for you is: I'm giving you the power that whatever you say next, the whole world is going to hear it, and they have to act on it in the next 24 hours. And they have no choice. They have to do it. Either to be a happier person, to have a great business, to have a great life. What is it that you're telling the world to do right now? Spread joy to at least one person. So just be intentional and go out and spread joy. I love it. Rachel, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. And please tell everybody how they can find you, how they can follow you. Yeah. So we have our podcast, the She's Making an Impact podcast that you can check out. Um, And if you want to join our free Pinterest class, you can just go to freepinterestclass.com and we'll teach you our five-step strategy to getting more leads and sales with Pinterest. Awesome. And we're going to put all those links below. Rachel, thank you so much. I love you.
Thanks for having me. Bye bye. <laughs> hey there, Ina here. After this episode, you may be wondering how you can also achieve the kind of success that our guest has experienced in their entire career. So hit follow and subscribe to catch me on Thursday for a brand new lesson on how to grow your coaching business, even if you have a small audience. And if you'd like to hear the full interview with all the details that only the super fans care about, get free access to all of our uncut interviews by going to theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut. And I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark. <laughs>